Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is sponsored by the Integrity Income Fund, which is managed by yours truly and my team at Labrador Lending. The Integrity Income Fund is for accredited investors. It aims to pay an 8% preferred return and an 8.5% preferred return for early investors. It aims to pay out monthly distributions. There's a $25,000 minimum and only a one-year lockup. If you are an accredited investor and you're looking to get away from Wall Street, looking to beat inflation, and looking for an asset class that is backed by hard physical real estate, then look no further than the Integrity Income Fund. Check it out at labradorlending.com. What's up, everyone? Today, I got just had the chance to chat with Josh Kalinowski, and um, it was inspiring to say the least. Josh is a uh, former baseball player, professional baseball player for the Colorado Rockies. And um, he's uh, just incredibly inspiring and dropped so much practical advice in this episode, but also just that that human element that the show is all about. He really is the ideal candidate for the, for this podcast. Um, he, you know, he went through a couple different rounds of serious adversity. One was um, having to leave professional baseball where his identity was entirely wrapped up in, in that. And, um, you know, it's on some levels I can relate a little bit, but it it just, uh, when your identity is wrapped up in one thing and he talks about not, not being one dimensional, um, it can be very problematic when that one thing goes South or um, so he, he didn't know which way was up. He had to return home uh, to his small town and, uh, you know, kind of figure out who he was again. And then got into real estate. And then 2008 happened and um, everything crashed again. So we talk about those two periods of his life that were extremely challenging, but uh, how he rebounded is just phenomenal. He now has seven businesses, I believe. And he talks about real estate being at the center and then there's folks that come, come off of that. Um, but he's a man of, of faith and, and, uh, prioritizes family and, uh, finances and, uh, fitness. And I can't remember, there's one more F the future, I think. So, um, I think you guys are going to love this one. He works, he does work with men mostly and his own, uh, 
uh, community that he started. But um, I think there's something in this episode for everyone. I know you're going to really enjoy it. Thanks. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today because we have a special guest joining us today, Josh Kalinowski. Josh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing awesome, Jamie. Thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely. We were chatting a little bit before we hit record, and I think this is going to be a fantastic episode. Um, so let's dive right into it. Who are you and and what are you up to today? Yeah, you bet, my man. Uh, so I am a owner, CEO, uh, hopefully problem solver <laughs> of a lot of challenging things. I've got a number of companies. Uh, I am a, a father of four, married to a rock star of a woman as well, too. And uh at the end of the day, I think I'm just kind of a goal crusher, uh, really good at doing hard stuff on purpose and uh, gleaning everything I can out of the day. So that's kind of that's where I'm at now. It's definitely not where my journey started. I will tell you that. <laughs> that's a that's a great great description. That's that's really good. So and just real quickly before we jump back into your backstory. So so what is it specifically that you do in business right now? Yeah. So I've got a number of companies that I'm either CEO of or co-owner of. Um, so anything from real estate, uh, property management, we have real estate investing as well too. Uh, we have a roofing company, a media company. And, uh, I, I had a, I had a gym at one point in time. This is something you and I kind of talked about. <laughs> Finally actually shut that down. Uh, okay. partnership wasn't the best and it wasn't really, it was sucking more life out of me than giving me life. And so, um, so we actually shut that down this last year. Uh, and then right now, one of the things that uh, we've been really super focused on is a group called man made. And, uh, that is like a super big passion of mine that, uh, finally getting to the point in my life where I have a little bit more freedom to do that and, uh, kind of chase and, and build that company. That's awesome. So, so you have nothing going on then. Got it. Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Very easy, no. calm days. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that, I have a feeling this is going to be, you're just, yeah, I think this is, you're the ideal guest, I think for our show. So, um, wow. I can't wait to get into your story. So yeah, dive into your backstory. Um, you can start off, you know, wherever you'd like, um, obviously we're trying to focus on some hardships and some, some, um, how you got through that adversity, what lessons we can pull out of that for the, for the listeners and how, you know, all of us can benefit from, unfortunately from you know the adversity that you've been through so where would you like to start you bet man well you know i mean i grew up in a very small town casper wyoming so um as a uh, as a good athlete i was a big fish in a very small uh small pond and uh i had an opportunity to really go and chase the dream i got drafted uh, in baseball out of high school 
uh, ended up going to, uh, well, first of all, I was going to go to university of Notre Dame, which was like, for me, the New York Yankees. It was like, some, <laughs> I, I remember watching Rudy when I grew up, uh, Notre Dame yeah. was the epitome of what I wanted to, to do as a, uh, as a young, as a young, as a young man, uh, that fell through at the last hour unfortunately, but I did go to a junior college. I got drafted once again, my, my freshman year and then signed my sophomore year, right before I actually went to the university of Minnesota. I was really excited to go to the university of Minnesota, even though I am a very warm weather kind of guy. <laughs> Don't know why I'd want to go back up there, but they did play in the Metro dome. So that was very oh, uh, cool. exciting to play in a dome. Uh, nice. and I actually loved the campus, great people, great coaches, but I had an opportunity to get uh, drafted by the Colorado Rockies, signed as a second rounder, uh, as a left-handed pitcher, had a phenomenal year, and uh, got to chase my dream. And I, I, I uh, was living the life. I was, uh, you know, I didn't have any responsibilities. wasn't married, didn't have children. Uh, the only thing that I was focused on was myself, my sport and the future career that I was pursuing. And so did that, had a tremendous amount of success as an athlete. And um, unfortunately, at the age of 26, after a number of surgeries, uh, the jersey came off. And uh, when that jersey came off, my whole entire identity came off. Um, my purpose died. And all the confidence that I had at once, at one point in my life died. And so I left the game broken physically, mentally, and emotionally, and mm. really became a shell of a man. At that time, I was married, and uh, my wife was having to put up with now this guy that was so confident in himself. And mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, from there, lacked the confidence, at least internally. Mm. Obviously, I didn't want to let everybody know that externally. So uh, yeah. I pursued, uh, I came back home, tail between my legs, back to Casper, which I never, ever would have thought that I had to come back there. So let yeah. me let me just real quickly yeah. stop just a, the um it's not not quite as dramatic I don't think but I you know I can in some ways relate I was a fairly high level collegiate lacrosse player and um uh yeah as a kid I played baseball but once I tried lacrosse I was like this is this is awesome but you know my my I never played professionally or anything although I was did get some calls for the indoor lacrosse league but yeah. um the I remember just being, you know, once my senior year was abruptly ended, it just, you, you know, your your career is over. And so again, not identical story, but my entire identity was wrapped up in that. And it, it was honestly probably one of the few times my wife has seen me cry, <laughs> to tell yeah. you the truth. And um, because I just was just just crushed and so i can i can relate on some level it's you know people who maybe weren't athletes might think it's you might not quite get it but when you're that's who you are as a person pretty yeah. much it, it's devastating so yeah, yeah so so you had to return home in a in a humble humbled fashion i guess it sounds like yeah i mean completely humbled uh you know i once again when you're in a small town you're kind of the hometown hero and we had a number right. of other uh, baseball athletes that had uh, come out of Casper. So I was the next great thing, you know, and, and also in a small town too. I mean, I was a very good athlete in, in other sports. So there was a lot of notoriety. You got the sure. last name Kalinowski. You can't really forget that good or bad. <laughs> right. Um, right. And uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, for me, um, and I, and I didn't come home because I felt like, okay, it's a safe haven. I, I came home because I was broke and I didn't know what to do. And, and really, and at that time, go ahead. You were out of options. It sounds like, I was, right? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. my wife was going to school. She was becoming an RN. She was down in Denver, Colorado. Denver was a rat race. Rat race. It was uh, it's super intimidating because I'm like, here I am, 26 years old, and you know, and you know, in sports, uh, when you're 26, you're old. Like you're not a rookie <laughs> anymore. This right. is like the, the you're on the tail end of a career that is going to end over at you know end at 30 or 32, maybe 35 if you're lucky, right? Sure. So my mentality was I was too old to go back to school. Uh, I was broken. And, and, and I don't know what to do. And so my father as great of as a man as he is, and was at that time, he didn't have a lot of words of wisdom for me. Mm -hmm. You know, he just mm -hmm. said, well, Hey, listen, why don't you come back? You can sell my homes. Cause he was a builder. Um, you can get your real estate license and then, you know, Hey, listen, it's, it's okay. You know, you move on to the next chapter of your life. I know it was mm -hmm. hard, but he had no clue how hard. Right. Right. Um, right. I mean, he was my, one of my, my biggest allies and a great friend of mine growing up. He was, you know, sure. not just a dad, but he was super close to me, um, as well. And, uh, but he still didn't have a clue of how hard and how bad that was for me. You know, right. so I come, came home, uh, I, uh, I was completely humiliated in that sense. And, and once again, broken, uh, my wife came back eventually as well too. When she graduated, we started a family. I got into real estate. It was 2006. The market's going crazy. I'm going, <laughs> yeah. okay, I can just, I can drown my sorrows in the success that we're having in this. Maybe this is mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to do. Of course, obviously 2008 comes and it was devastating. I'm questioning everything in life. And mm -hmm. even more so I'm questioning, oh, am I just going to be a failure forever? And, um, you know, long, long story short, at the age of, uh, at the age of 40, finally, at the age of 35, I started getting into, uh, Dave Ramsey started uh -huh. to figure out, okay, well, this is kind of cool. I like this guy. I love his leadership skills. He had right. this really great formula, focused intensity over time, multiplied by God equals unstoppable momentum. I grabbed the hold of that and I just lived it. And I said, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have focused intensity and I know it's going to take time and I'm going to multiply this by my, my faith and uh, as a man of faith. And I mm -hmm. know that it's going to create unstoppable momentum in myself. And so I did that. Uh, I read one of the greatest books, a book that I recommend to everybody and every man, um, uh, play the man by Mark Batterson, huh, complete okay. game changer in my life. And it gave me a greater, like a vision for what I could potentially become, um, that I wasn't broken, that I could be healed, that I could pursue greatness in my life again. And that path and that journey has led me to this day where, you know, I'm out there and, and yeah, the pain still hurts. The pain of the past still hurts. Right. I right. wish I would have been able to retire in San Diego on a golf course with my family mm -hmm. because of 20 years of playing the sport, but that just wasn't my destiny. It wasn't what God had in my purpose. And, uh, uh, you know, 99% of the time I'm really good with it. But of course there's always those one per times you're just going <laughs> yeah, and why not? Sure. Well, I think it's a great, uh, example of, you know, it, or kind of solidifies the point. Like we, I bring up on the show regularly, which is, it's not like you just had a period of adversity and then you flip the switch and now it's all abundance. Um, you had, it's, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, it sounds like, um, and you know, you're still going to face adversity going forward. Right. And, and I am, and everyone is, so, which is the kind of the point of the show is for us to be able to pull out, you know, lessons learned from sounds like two major periods of adversity that we're talking about. One is the, the, you know, your, your, the end of your professional baseball career, which is much more involved than just that statement. But, oh, yeah. and then secondly, the 2008 and kind of financial crisis and the, 
So two kind of professional related, um, you know, you, you know, you, you use the term failure. I don't, I don't necessarily see it that way, but, but major periods of adversity. Um, what would you say kind of, you touched on this already, but how did you, what were, what was kind of common between those two periods that you, how you were able to, you know, what were you able to focus on? What got you through those two periods? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously looking back at the time at the age of 26, I realized how immature I was in so many other areas of life, uh, very successful in certain aspects of it. But I feel like, once again, as you look at so many guys, and men and female, uh, but I, uh, you know, my passion is guys because of the, of what mm-hmm. we're, what we're called to do as fathers and as husbands and as business owners and as leaders, mm-hmm. um, I, I look at how uh, one-dimensional and two-dimensional uh, men are and supposed to be in this three-dimensional guy. And I was most certainly that. I was one-dimensional at best. And so uh, it really, what ended up happening through that adversity, ex- it exposed um, the shallowness in me. It exposed uh, really how much I needed to grow in these other a- areas of my life, especially with this new responsibility of being a husband, the soon-to-be responsibility of being a father. And um, and so I was able to grow through that. I mean, it's painful. It was hard. Yeah. And so, uh, but sorry, Matt, what do you what do you can you drill down on the three dimensions real quick? What what do you mean by that exactly? What's yeah. what's the one? To- yeah. What's yeah, each I mean, dimension? Really, yeah. I mean, it really, it, you know, I can go to, like, if you, if you went to, if you went three dimension, it'd be like business, health, and life. Right. Sure. Um, but really what we talk about and what we believe in is five, five foundations that everybody should have in their life. And is a very specific sequence in it as well, too. So, you know, first foundation is faith. Faith, not only I believe in the spiritual aspect of life, but also faith within yourself. If you're not building that faith within yourself, you cannot be as strong as you need to be. You cannot be as, uh, you cannot have the responsibility that you want in a greater mm-hmm. fashion. And so that's a very, very important. And it's got to start there too, because once again, if you don't have those principles in your life, how are you going to have success and be the best father, mother, daughter, husband, wife, all these. Um, mm-hmm. So you start with that faith foundation. Of course, it moves into family. I've never met anybody that's ever been on their deathbed that said, hey, I want to spend more time at work. I'm so pissed <laughs> off that I didn't have another three hours each week in my work. They always say, right, I right. wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have spent more time with my wife, right? Sure. Um, Mark Batterson, one of the things that he talked about in his book, Play the Man, and it was just, it's something that has resonated with me ever since I read it was this, it was, uh, it was a lady talking about, um, her first husband who actually had passed and then she remarried and both marriages were great. Both men were great. But one observation she said, she says, I always knew that, you know, her first husband, John, I knew, always knew that he loved the Lord. And then her second husband was, but I always knew that Mike loved me. And that always sat with me because Hmm. it's where are our priorities? Hmm. And of course, obviously we believe in faith, but also like, Mm -hmm. are you showing the people that you care most about how Mm -hmm. much they mean to you? Right. So that's why family is that second and most important foundation that you need Mm -hmm. to build on. The other one is, is your fitness, right? How many men do we know that are financially set? They're successful in the business realm of it, but they absolutely are almost diabetic they're not disciplined in their eating. They don't exercise and thus they don't have the energy to be the father or the, the husband that they need to be. They don't, uh, they, they never go out and do stuff with the guys other than maybe play golf in a sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, no health and mm-hmm. fitness is super important just because that helps with the longevity of our lives. We, we can make sure. greater impact the longer we live. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's, that's really good. 
Um, and I just want to thank you for that free counseling and coaching session. And we can, we can end it there. Uh, in all seriousness, I was like, he's talking to me right now, but, um, (laughs) that's really good. So yeah. And you think you were, you were in a sense too wrapped up in, in baseball is like from when you said you were too one dimensional. Yes. Is, Is that what that meant? Yeah. I mean, basically I had my foundations all jacked up, right? I mean, the most important thing. So you go into fitness and then of course, finances got to be there, right? We we know that like we need to create abundance. We need to create wealth in our life. There's nothing right. wrong with that. That is a fantastic right. thing that we should be desiring as well too. Sure. Right? Well, that might be where the, you part with the, the Dave Ramsey uh, yes, <laughs> crew, yeah, but right. but we don't have to go there. Yeah, uh, right. Well, he talks about <laughs> debt. I think debt is good too. So we don't really agree with that either. So right, um, right. you know, I understand insecurities of maybe being over leveraged, but sure. I think debt can be a powerful thing. I will tell you, the buildings that we have, the things that we're able to uh, accumulate uh, right. for building our wealth. And if I if I didn't take on any debt, I'd still be in a shack. So sure, I'm like, absolutely. Uh, but there is prudence <laughs> in that as well too. Uh, and then the last thing, of course, is, fu- is your future. You got to be looking at your future, right? So you got your faith, family, fitness, finance, and your future. I will say that the one dimension to me was it was finance and it was fitness. That was it. Got it. And even my fitness was messed up too. It wasn't like the prioritizing of really what do I need to be focused on it. It was more of the how is my outwardly appearance looking <laughs> to make sure that my fitness is awesome, right? So that was right. why it was one dimensional. Got it. No, it makes perfect sense. And I think, and one of the, I would say the most common theme that I've been able to pull out of of the 25 episodes we've done so far is at some point there's a switch mentally um, with each guest and each of their stories from focusing on themselves to focusing on, on serving others. And, you know, you know, future makes sense because the other four really tie in they all relate right and so the the other four are really focused on the future and but it, it sounded to me like you in each of those five uh principles when you were talking through them you are focused on their importance in the way that they affect other people um it's not you know it sounds like your fitness used to be how do you look for yourself yeah. yes. <laughs> and yes. nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. you know, or others that I good. was attracting, <laughs> Sure, <laughs> you know? but, it, but, but it was attracting for you. Right. I mean, and, yes. and this is not me judging. I'm just <laughs> trying to yeah. analyze. No, here. You're absolutely right. Um, and we've all gotten wrapped up in that, but, but, uh, I think one of the things that sounds like, you know, that makes that's consistent with some, some of the other stories, most of the other stories we've had is that you made a switch to, kind of step back and look at the the big picture and think about how you can best serve others and make an impact. Um, hopefully I'm not putting words in your mouth. It's just uh, one yeah. of the things that I pulled out of, of what you were just saying. Well, I think once again, it goes back to when you lose your purpose and right. you're always searching for that next greatness that you can discover within yourself or within your life. Right. You do get to that point where you're like, wow, okay, maybe instead of focusing on myself in the sense of the selfishness, Right. What if I served at a greater level and I started helping other people? Right. What? Right. what if, and then because it also brings into you, like, okay, so what is it that I can offer? What is sure. the value that I do have? And then we all, you know, one thing that you do discover as you get older is that it's the exact brokenness that you feel like you had, the experiences that you went through, the failures that you had uh, right. had, had gone through. Well, that's what 
that, that that's the value you bring to people. That's the <laughs> yeah. lessons that you can help with other people. That's sure, the credibility sure. you get with other people as well, too. Right. Yeah. So it can take take a long time to get there. I think it, you know, mentally it's not when you're in the in the adversity, it's not like, oh great, this is fantastic. It I can't sucks. wait to use this. <laughs> it totally it sucks. sucks. So you, you talked about age 35 and 40. Um and can you take us from 35 to today just to yeah. kind of finish up the, the the backstory there? You bet, man. Yeah. I mean, really, what ended, up need, what ended up happening is I had to turn 40. And this is really more of the psychological part of this is that I felt like at the age of 40, I, like, I gave myself permission to to be a man. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know why it was, but it's like, okay, when I turned 40, I, now I'm old enough to be the man. <laughs> And, but I needed to equip myself. And so what I did is I finally figured this, I don't, you know, I don't know. I was an athlete. I never was a scholar. And so at the age of 40, I was like, well, if I got a coach when I was an athlete, why don't I get a coach when I'm wanting to be in business and be successful in business? Because I'm lacking the knowledge here. So I got, I I got a coach. He sucked. He was terrible. (laughs) I almost got out of it, but then I found the right guy though. I found the right coach. And that was the game changer for me. And it, and it absolutely evolved me and took years off of my life in order to get to where I am today. And I just saw the importance of, okay, you know, I went from one extreme to the next where I was always looking at myself, investing in myself. It was all about me to being a servant leader. And then I got to that point too, where it's like, okay, no, no, I have to start investing in myself again so that I could be an even Mm -hmm. greater leader. Right. The purpose is much greater than it was before. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Got it. Nothing wrong with investing in yourself. That's, but it's, but most people don't. Most people don't. They, or they think that, okay, I'm going to invest myself because, and I'll watch YouTube channels or I'll see what's for free. (laughs) They don't realize the importance of even the financial commitment. Being, Uh writing that check for $2,000 a month for somebody to mentor you. Yeah. That puts a whole different amount of accountability than, well, I'm just going to subscribe to this guy's free channel and get as much as I can possibly get. You got no skin in the game, dude. None. So you just you just reminded me of a, a prior guest. He, his name's Fuquan Bilal. And he was, I was telling him that I was, I had been a little bit, you know, of a cheapskate with regard to masterminds and things like this. And and just just because, you know, I just, you know, you want to make sure your business is profitable in the short term and, you know, get, get wrapped up in the weeds kind of thing. And he almost came through the the monitor and he's like, that's a mistake, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> so kid you not, he's wow. a big reason that I joined the mastermind that you and I are both in. Yeah. Um, awesome. And so I've personally started to, you know, see the benefit of 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 actually investing in myself and my business and that kind of thing in ways that other people would view as a total waste of money. Um, so how, for the listener out there who maybe is an entrepreneur and, and, um, you know, they, they don't have a business coach and, uh, you know, how did you go about, what was the difference between when you found your, the first coach who was, was terrible and your, your second coach who was great. What, what was, what were your approaches there in finding your coach? Yeah. I mean, really the first one was just desperation. You know, it was, uh, at that point in time, it was 2012. We were going through another bust personally through our, in our, uh, in our, uh, community, we're an oil and gas industry related, you know, economy here in, in Casper. Mm-hmm. And so 2012 was very hard on us. Um, it got to that point where I'm like, listen, I got $15,000 in the bank. I don't know how many more months I can pay employees. And so I, I literally just bet on myself and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pay the $500. I was saying it was $599. Um, 
And then once again, when that wasn't working out, it's like, okay, well, who do I know? And then I had a really good friend that was, you know, he's kind of a mentor already. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wasn't paying him. I just had to ask mm-hmm. him for advice. And I said, you know, if there's anybody in my life right now that I, that I want to be mentored by, it's this guy. And so I just reached out and I said, Hey, listen, I'm paying my coach this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let him go. And I don't even know if you coach, I don't even know, but <laughs> I would pay you, I'd pay you to mentor me. Hmm. And he's like, actually, I'm with the same organization. I'm at the elite level and it costs twice as much. And I'm like, oh, son of a... <laughs> but it was amazing for me to say, okay, I'm going to invest these mm-hmm. last dollars right. into myself because I need to be the guy that leads this organization. And mm-hmm. I will tell you from that moment on, things started to change. I started to believe in the system because I believed in my coach. I didn't mm-hmm. have any belief in myself, right? So I took his belief in me and that's what allowed us to propel and start to actually change. Of course, I also believe, you know, as a man of faith, I feel like, you know, obviously God had impacted that as well too. Um, mm-hmm. But I will tell you this, eventually that relationship became a friendship and it was no longer a mentorship. And so I had to, I had to find another mentor, mm-hmm. right? And it took me two years to find that mentor because I knew what I was looking for. I wasn't necessarily looking for a coach anymore. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a mentor. I was looking for somebody that was going to walk beside me and then also the value, like with the mastermind that you and I are in is not necessarily all about like the content, mm-hmm, but it's right. the community. Yeah. It's the people. Who am right. I going to get connected with? Who's going to be the contact that's going to help change that and help me grow? And it's not always monetary, right? Yes, financially, it'd be awesome if we were able to grow each other's businesses and we saw that financial success. But honestly, it's the other stuff too of like, man, you're helping me become a better father. You're helping me become a better decision maker. You're building my confidence so that I can go and do other things in my life that are more important. Right. And that is what's given peace. That's what's given me excitement. That's why the man that I am today is here right now with the excitement and the joy and the determination is because of everybody that I'm surrounded by now. Yeah, that makes a, makes a ton of sense. That's really good. I, as you were speaking, I thought of it. there is a, not to get too too off on the uh, you know religious path, but there is isn't there a Bible verse about uh, your your where your treasure is, your heart will follow, or something yes. like that. Um, yeah. So it makes sense that you 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 kind of had a when you make that financial commitment, you you make a mental and emotional commitment as well, and yeah. so it's bigger than just writing a check. Um, so that's that's really good, and 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 then like you said, it's not just the financial benefit that comes back with these masterminds and and coaching and mentorship. It's it's um much bigger than that, which gets to your the five the five Fs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it all comes comes full circle. So it's yeah. that's really good stuff. It, before I get into some more rapid fire questions, um, is there anything else as far as kind of lessons learned that you could take from from the adversity that you've been through that our listeners could could take away and apply in their own life? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest mistake that I think we make is we look at people's successes and feel like that's exactly how their day-to-day is. And so they just never have to deal with issues. You and I were kind of talking a little bit about like just the challenges of business, the challenges of life. And what I would say, and I just want to, I, I want to, um, I want people to remember is that, you know, the, the challenges are always going to be there. When you're doing great things, you can't help but have tough situations because you're constantly growing, you're constantly evolving, you're doing new things that you don't even really maybe know how to do, but you're challenging yourself to step into that arena, right? But what it does is it allows you to have the armor on 
to deal with the situation. And it empowers you to look at that situation, not anymore as a victim, but as an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to learn something through this. Um, I know that I signed up to do hard things, but you know what? Because of the person that I want to be, maybe not the person I am yet, but because of the person I want to be, I'm willing to go through that challenge, right? You have difficult challenges probably multiple times throughout the week. I have difficult challenges and conversations multiple times out of the week. Mm-hmm. But because of who I want to be, right. I'm willing to step into that. And I will tell you, that's when you know that you're following your passion. That's when you know you're following your purpose. And mm-hmm. so don't avoid the challenges. Don't avoid the difficulties because that's how you create personal integrity. That's how you create authority. That's how you create a life that you are desiring to pursue and get through. Because you don't want to stay there anymore, but you want to right. get <laughs> that's that's the yeah that's the, the the kind of interesting balance I find with this with you know doing these shows is, is uh everyone talks about the benefit of <laughs> the adversity and the pain, but then you know we don't necessarily seek it out. But I think it is extremely comforting in the moment to know no this is life isn't supposed to be easy all the time and there is going to be benefit that i that i will receive and others will receive because of this pain and challenge and hardship that i'm going through um doesn't mean it's not difficult but it just adds more value and purpose to that that adversity um so yeah this, that's really good so i'm going to fire off a few uh, rapid fire questions if you're good with that sure buddy um what do people misunderstand about you? Oh, brother. Oh, man. There's <laughs> uh, probably a lot, right? Um, you know, I I've, I think because I'm such a driven guy um, and I have such high standards on myself that I think what's misunderstood, obviously, is that one, either I don't fail a lot, that I don't have internal struggles or lack of confidence in certain areas, you know, mm. um, that I know all the right answers. Um, mm-hmm. or, uh, I would say too, for those, especially that are not even in our circle, but maybe they're just from the outside looking in. Um, I think a lot of people think that life is perfect and it's so far from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. Um, if you could go back and give your 18 year old self some advice, what would it be? Um, I'd say two things. One is, uh, enjoy the moment. I was always looking at the future. I was always looking at the final destination. So my head was down. I didn't build those relationships. I didn't enjoy who I was around for the most part or build um, and, and build lifelong relationships with guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so enjoy the moment would have been one of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other thing too is that I also am a firm believer that there is no plan B. I'm still living plan A. It's just, this is what God's choice was, not mine. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so if I'm still on plan B, it doesn't matter all the things that have happened in my life. Those were all the things that I needed in order to be where I'm at now. That's really good. Hadn't, I haven't heard it phrased that way. That's really good. Um, if you could go back and have coffee or, or a drink or whatever with, with maybe an ice cream, I don't know, <laughs> with any historical figure, who would you choose? Oh man. Any historical figure. Oh. Doesn't have to be the greatest person ever, but sure. just you know somebody that comes to mind. Yeah, you know it's funny. I've had this con- I've had this question asked, but more of like if you could have a conversation with anybody, who would it be? So sure. going back in time, um, you know, I don't know, brother. I, I I'm a huge 
Theodore Roosevelt fan. I think uh, yeah. Teddy is just awesome. I think he would be quite an amazing guy. Uh, but I will say, here's what I would actually, um, I would really, I'd want to either speak to King David or King Solomon. Okay. Yeah. I think those guys would be epic yeah. <laughs> at their table. They'd make some uh, a couple of good guests on my show. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they've, got, they've got some stories. Yes, um, right. <laughs> all right. So if you had to write a book this year, what would it be about? Well, uh, that's a great question because I'm actually in the middle of writing the is second. That a, book. Is that a softball for you? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I love that one. Um, so the book, the second book that I'm I'm writing right now is um, titled uh, "Nice Guys Failed: Why Good okay. Men Need to Do Great Things Again," and nice. um, it's really about just honestly where we find ourselves as a culture. Um, why uh, this idea of uh, you got to be a nice guy for so long and why our culture has suffered from that. Why guys mm. don't even, they don't even know who they are. Um, men aren't stepping up, taking on the responsibilities and the opportunities that are before them. We've advocated that for the last uh, couple uh, couple generations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the family's broken because of us. Um, I think a lot of the things in our society is broken because of us as men. And, you know, back in the day, back in, like, if you look throughout history, um, men back then were not great. They were good. They were good men back in the day because they were flawed. They had a lot of things we just talked about, you know, King David. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, many flaws that he had. (laughs) King Solomon at the end of his life had a lot of flaws that he had in his life, but they were, but they did great things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the mistake that we, 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 uh, we're making now is that we are trying to put this expectation of great on people, on people's shoulders, right? You've got to be a great man. No, 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 no. You've got to be a good man because mm-hmm. you are flawed. You got to be a good man and you have to be willing to do great things in your mm-hmm. life. Right. And so, uh, we're working on that book is all about, first of all, what does it take to be a good man? How do we become a good man? Uh, and then what are the characteristic characteristics that you can live to be doing great things? And so we give great, we just give some awesome. It's been so much fun to, um, mm-hmm. to look in history and, and, and be able to provide exceptional examples of good men and the great things that were accomplished because mm-hmm. they were willing to say yes. That's, that's fantastic. I, didn't expect that good of an answer, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, now I'll, I, I'll follow up with what's your what's the name of your first book? Uh, the first book was Strike Three. What do you do when the game's over, but life's not? There you go. I love it. Looks like people can get that on your website too. Yep. Um, let's see here. All right. What's uh, if it's not your book, but what's another book that you recommend? Yeah. Uh, well, it's one that I mentioned earlier, uh, when it comes to, if you're, if you're, uh, it's on, if it's on the personal growth side of things, I would say that, uh, Mark Batterson's play the man is one Mm -hmm. of the most epic, uh, inspirational books that I've read. I read it. I actually read it once a year Hmm. because I just need to be reminded of all the great content in that Mark Batterson is one of my favorite authors as well, too. Um, so I would say that if it's on the business side of things, um, there's a, a great book. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. It's all about taxes. And in fact, he's in our mastermind group as oh. well, too. Uh, so oh, I uh, should know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I can picture who you're talking about, but yeah, Todd, it's Todd, uh, Todd Meredith. Uh, and it is, what is it? What is it? I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. <laughs> of course I can't remember, but he's, uh, no, it's all good. 
Yeah. Um, capital. A, capital Preservation Services is this company. Yeah. But, Isn't it uh, Capital Crusaders or something? <laughs> sounds right. Um, let's see. All right. What's one question that you wish I'd asked that I haven't? Oh, man, really? Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. I hey, think man, you did you, a fantastic you used to, job, brother. You, you used to throw the curveballs, and now I'm throwing yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man. Um, I, so I would say this. You know, how, Why are you able to attack life that you are right now with all of the challenges that you still continue to face? And so I would say this. I, I follow a, a very, very simple, easy formula that um, that I discovered as I was going through like Oh, I was sick and tired of ending the day exhausted. I was sick and tired of ending the day just completely worn out, not feeling like I accomplished anything. Not that I like I didn't do anything purposeful or I didn't I didn't make any ground going forward. I just mm-hmm. put out fires. I mean, right. I think we I think we can all relate to that, you know, as sure. business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs. It's like, I don't even know what I did today or <laughs> this week or this month sometimes, right? Yeah. So the formula that I use that really has brought life into my day is called the pill. P-I-L-L, and I won't go too deep into it. You can actually, uh, if you go to joshkalinowski.com, you'll find out, but it stands for every day, do something painful. Every day, do something intentional. Every day, do something that you're lazy at. And then every day, do something that you love to do. And then I can give you, and we go into much greater detail in that and what that looks like. But those are the four principles that you can do on a daily basis that will give you fulfillment every single day. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it sounds very doable too. I mean, yes. it's practical. Um, that, that's really good. So before we wrap up, why don't you talk a little bit more about your own business and businesses, I should say. Mm-hmm. I am curious, not just with your your um, coaching, if that's you know your primary business, but mm-hmm. the other businesses, just kind of how does that all work? What, like, what does your day look like from a, a business standpoint? How do your, your businesses all kind of play together? Yeah, you bet. So I really uh, have developed it in the, an aspect of this is if you think of a a wheel and you've got the the hub at the middle of that, right? Um, the hub is is real estate. And as I was looking at, because we are so volatile as a market, you never know when you're going to go into a recession here. I wanted to insulate right. myself as much as possible. So uh, what I did is I created companies that aligned really well with real estate. And so uh, we diversified into property management. Um, I diversified into our personal portfolio of our own properties that we have for investments. And of course, I've got some business partners as well, too, uh, on, on other ones. Um, we have a roofing company. My father was a builder, and I always wanted him to get into roofing because I'm in real estate. We're looking at roofs every single day. There's always weather and inclement weather that's happening. So um, we diversified. We got into that. He's still a business partner, even though he's retired, and he's just kind of the guy that receives the check, which that's awesome. <laughs> My father deserved it. He's worked many, many years in order to do this. Nice. Um, and so we've got roofing company. Um, we have a media company, once again. For all of our companies, it's 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 important for us to get our um, our uh, our names out there to be recognized on the social media aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And so we have a internal media company that runs all of the stuff for our companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one that's just really kind of outside of that is what's called Man Made, and that is a a group that is an exclusive group for uh, retired um, professional athletes, mm-hmm. veterans and uh current professionals such as mm-hmm. you know, yourself mm-hmm. and so it's an exclusive event or exclusive space for men to mm-hmm. um find their their tribe guys that will push them 
that will, uh, you know, hear them and then appreciate them. Now, why? So I am a veteran as well, but I'm just curious why, why veterans in particular? Yeah, because uh, I think veterans are very much like the uh, professional athletes where, you know, when the uniform comes off, you lose your identity too. Sure. You, yeah, you, you live life at this, this level of excellence yeah. for so long. And then you get into normal life and you're like, right. why is everybody so average? Yeah. I, I was in the reserves. I did do about four years of active duty time, but yeah, I didn't have the same, mine was tied up more in, in sports and, and that kind of thing. My identity, I can, I totally get what you're saying. A lot of these guys that come in, join at 18 or 17 and get out 20 years later. And it's like, now what, um, they, yeah. don't, they don't know what, which way's up. Yeah. So that's awesome. So if you were to, and I know we got to run here. If you were to like, how do you approach starting a business like say next year you're, you're like you know what i'm going to start a, a an eighth business <laughs> you yes. need another spoke on this wheel sure. yeah what is that what's your you were your first couple of steps what, what is what's your approach there yeah well we are actually going to start another business we're actually getting, <laughs> we're getting into solar um okay which i think and the reason why is because it's a it's a tremendous complement to our roofing and it's a complement to our investment portfolio. It's a compliment to real estate and even a compliment to our property management. So once again, it fits in that line of our spoke, right? Sure. And, right. um, and we can use multiple resources already. So I don't have to get another CFO. I already got a CFO. I don't have to get another media company. We got a media company, right? Um, I don't necessarily have to get another lead guy because we've got lead people already. Right. So I mm-hmm. do, I, I will have to get a salesperson. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that one lesson I have learned is I don't want to start anything from scratch anymore. I don't want to just reinvent yeah. something and be like, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. Right. Like I don't need that. What I look at is like, what are the existing opportunities? Can I buy a company or can I partner with a company that they're already got the systems in place? They already know the processes. They've already got all the materials and then let's bring them in here and then we can multiply from there. Yeah, that's really good. I love that approach. That's, I mean, it's just everything you're talking about. It's very practical and, you know, why reinvent the wheel, the the spokes again, (laughs) but, but, um, you can maybe take something that's existing and make it better or make it more efficient or something like that. But, um, you know, we, I do mortgage note investing and then we just, we started a loan servicing company, which is related. And now I'm a client of that company and it's, so it's, it's not, Oh, something entirely different where I'm not starting an automobile company or something. I I would have no idea what I was doing. So exactly. That's that's really good. And I made the mistake in that. I made the mistake. That's why I had, we had a gym. I didn't really, you know, I'm a fit guy, but I'm like, I don't really know yeah. how to run a gym. And sure. that's why, it, that's why it, it failed. Gotcha. Yeah. Curious about the property management company. Cause I've, I've debated with that, you know, myself on that one. <laughs> um, Recession proof, man. I do have a couple, pay a couple property managers. I'm like, I, I bet I could do that. <laughs> but um, anyway, this is Josh, this has been fantastic. I know you have to run. I do really appreciate you coming on. Um, any final thoughts uh, or uh, ways our listeners can reach out to you? Anything you want to yeah. touch on? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, well, two things. Well, real quick on the on the, the business side of it too. Uh, yeah. Don't make the mistake that I'm running all of the businesses either. Um, I'm the visionary, right. and my job is to hire the integrators. And that has been a re- nice, great ev- evolution in my life, knowing that I've got to step away from the day-to-day operations of a lot of these things, find the right person in that seat. It might take a while. And you know, it's mm-hmm. taken me many, many years to get to that point in my life. I'm mm-hmm. still involved heavily in a lot of things, but I have the gr- I have great integrators. 
that are doing the day-to-day operations. So if you have multiple companies, like I say, you need to have that just for your own sanity. Yeah, the, 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 the who, not how is is coming to mind, but that's that's really good yeah. good advice. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, yeah, they want to follow me. Um, I do a daily, uh, well, I try to do it daily, uh, on Instagram. I give you uh, the first 15 minutes of my day, eight thirty mountain central time. I call it drive time. Um, I give you, I, I talk about a challenge that either I'm facing or that I want to challenge you with in a sense. Um, uh, so you can follow me there. That's a great way to follow it. Um, guys, if you, uh, are looking for your tribe, you're looking for guys, if you're a veteran, once again, former professional athlete, or if you are a current professional running company, something like that, and you're just, you don't have your tribe. You don't, you look around you and you're like, I'm sick and tired of just finding guys that want to settle and be one dimensional. Uh, you can go to man-made.org. Uh, we do awesome alpha camps that we go and we do epic stuff. We went and climbed the grand here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. That was just unbelievable. And we nice. do really fun, phenomenal things with guys to help push them um, all in an environment that uh, helps to build the man again. So love it. Yeah, you're doing some fantastic stuff, Josh. It's really you know, I hate that you had to go through that, the pain and the adversity that you did, but I think you're, because of that, you've been able to multiply the impact that you're making. So I just want to thank you again for, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, brother. It's a pleasure to be on the show and so good to meet you, dude. Thanks, man. And to our listeners out there, we appreciate you spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, inspiring stories of mental, physical, and financial transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.